Welcome to After the Fact. It's a Knowing Faith mini-episode where we look to take a big question and address it in just a few minutes. Typically, the questions we consider will line up with our larger topic for the season. That's certainly true for our time today. We're discussing Genesis 1 through 11 on Knowing Faith this season. Today, I get to chat with Dr. Tracy McKenzie. Dr. McKenzie is the Associate Professor of Old Testament and Hebrew at the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, If you want to find something that's just absolutely fascinating, you can go to southeasternreview.com and check out the article he just published on Proverbs 30 entitled The Divine Davidic Son. And so you can find that at southeasternreview.com. Dr. McKenzie, welcome to After the Fact. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet. So great to be with you, Kyle. Absolutely. So here's the big question for today. Is there anything interesting happening in the story of Babel in Genesis 11 that maybe we might miss just reading it right in front of us? Just a simple reading may not show us this incredible or funny or interesting thing happening in the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. Well, that's really a great question, Kyle. And as a matter of fact, there is, um, you know, the inhabitants of Shinar there in that valley there at, at uh, where this story is told in Genesis 11, want to make a great name for themselves. And what is interesting here is what the biblical authors do with these words like this word name. You know, the biblical authors, uh, really, the author here in Genesis 1 through 11 has used puns consistently. I mean, from Genesis 1 on, he uses puns along with poetry to kind of put the spotlight on a particular aspect of his point that he really wants to hammer home. And sure enough, he does it here at the end of this Genesis 1 or towards the end of this Genesis 1 uh, through 11 as well. And it is so significant as we transition to the story of Abraham in Genesis 12. And just, just very quickly, here's what happens. So um, as we leave the story of the flood, we, of course, see Noah's three children, uh, one of whom is named Shem. And at the end of Genesis 9, we see Shem being blessed while the, uh, one of the other sons is being cursed. But Shem is highlighted here in this poem at the end of uh, Genesis 9. So then we move into Genesis 10, which begins with Shem, and it also ends with Shem. Now, again, the, the pun that's being, uh, that's being played here by the author is Shem, which is spelled, you know, basically S-M, and the word name, which is also in Hebrew spelled S-M, so to speak, uh, and then the word there is also spelled S-M. So the Mm. author is using a a big-time wordplay here, which to anybody reading Hebrew is very noticeable. And so just very quickly, you might see here in in chapter 10, right? These are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, you know, so on, so on, so forth. And then what happens is that in in Genesis 10, you know that um, basically the world, the the world, after the flood, which is basically made up of Noah and his three sons and their wives, all disperse. And how do they disperse? They disperse in their tongues, in their lands, in their families, and in their nations, right? So again, no big deal. This is kind of stressed throughout. We then come to Genesis 11, which interestingly enough, although they just divided into their tongues, it, you know, Genesis 11, one starts and they all had the same language. Right. And so anyway, as we see, as we get into the these inhabitants, they're building this tower that's so high, reaches into the heavens. 
They want to make a great name for themselves there. Uh, the word there keeps coming up. The word name keeps coming up. But uh, regardless, of course, God uh, thwarts their purposes here. He, he um, I think in verse 9 here, he says, Therefore, its name, again, remember SM, its name is called Babel because there, SM, the Lord uh, confused their language or the language of all the land. And from there, SM, he dispersed, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the land. And how does, how does uh, chapter 11, verse 10 start up? These are the generations of Shem. Hmm. Shem was, you know, so old. Right, right, right. And so we start up this Toledo formula, which I heard you guys speak about a couple episodes ago. And we go right back to Shem. Yeah. Right. Now, again, the genealogy in, in the last part of 11 is its own deal. I'll save it for another time. But suffice it to say, guess who is number 10 in the genealogy? Is it Shem? No, it's Abraham. Oh. Exactly. Abraham. It's a huge deal. Uh, there's a break in the normal pattern of the genealogy with Abraham, with Abraham's father, Terah. Again, another another uh, little sermonette for another day. But, of course, uh, we know Terah. We know uh, these things happen at the end of uh, chapter 11. There's another there there. But we anyway, we come to Genesis 12, 3. I just want to take you right to Genesis 12, 3. Of course, you know Genesis 12 is huge, right? Because it opens up basically with Abraham. And Abraham is going to be blessed. He's told to go from his land. And look at, look at verse 2, what God says to Abraham. He says, I will make you into a great nation. Right? Again, don't forget in Genesis 10, they all divided up into their own nation. So God is going to make Abraham into a great nation. Um, I'm going to bless you. Again, I could preach a sermon over that. I'm going to make your name great, and it will be a blessing. And then he says this, I will bless the ones blessing you. I'll curse the ones cursing you, cursing you. And in you, all of the families of the earth. So again, just remember, they, they were just divided up in their nations. They were divided up into their families, right? After the, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the Babel, before Babel. Uh, and so God is basically saying, look, the, the inhabitants of Shinar wanted to make a great name for themselves, but I'm going to make a great nation and a great nem, name out of the great, 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 great grandson mm. of Shem, who's named Abraham, of course, you know, who, yeah. who will someday uh, give birth to uh, the seed of woman. Yeah. That's, gosh, that's fascinating. You know, I think a lot of listeners are probably hearing you talk about the Bible right. and they're hearing you talk about puns. Yeah. And, the, and that for them, just to kind of land the plane here, they may think like, whoa, hold on. Are you telling me that the author of scripture could be intentionally writing this using puns or doing wordplay. Like when you think about God's inspired word, you mean you think about it with reverence, you don't necessarily first think about wordplay. So like, what would you tell a listener who's hearing you and they're going, you're telling me that the Bible, the authors of the Bible under divine inspiration might've been deploying puns and wordplay to kind of advance the message. What, and they might feel a little startled by that. Would you just, how would you encourage them with that? Well, I think, first of all, you know, we can, we can, again, see this over and over again here in Genesis 1 through 11. And it's a, it's a literary masterpiece. It's a historical and yet literary masterpiece, which is trying to communicate truth and reality about this God that uh, created everything uh, from nothing. And from the very beginning, 
he actually knows the end. And part of that end is the seed of woman, the seed of Abraham, the seed of David, who comes in the person of Jesus Christ. It's no, it's no, uh, you know, it's, it's not lost on the author of the Pentateuch here on Moses. He has this in mind and he uses these fascinating little literary things that unfortunately, you know, are sometimes lost in English translations. I always encourage uh, re, uh, students, my students, to read in as many English translations as possible because sometimes they see these these uh, rough patches uh, that really reveal the intention of the author. Yeah, that's great. Dr. McKenzie, thank you so much for joining us on After the Fact. Thank you very much.